Hello, hello, hello. I'm Chris Lingle. We're here in the Storm Shelter at Donkey Fish Studios in Austin, Texas, and you are now in the storm. Uh, well, I've got to say, thank goodness they caught the New York City subway shooter. His name was Frank James. I'm not sure where Jesse was on the train, but what? Too soon? Sorry. Uh, Frank James had violent videos on YouTube, no joke. Um, the tube pulled my first episode after five hours because I was talking about masks and vaccines in a way that did not fit the tube's narrative. Uh, it didn't fit Fauci's narrative, but that's another story. Um, they could remove my videos within five hours, but this guy's violence remains out there for all to see, unfettered by the nuisance of a fact checker. Uh, big Tech can hear me talking about a new piece of furniture or a book or a car or concert tickets, and miraculously, I get 15 advertisements in my news feeds for any of those things. Uh, they can't flag this guy or alert authorities. At least remove the videos. Um, I guess maybe the guy was wearing a mask in the videos. I don't know. Uh, Frank's not getting a great deal of press, so please pardon my lack of coverage on the story. Uh, had Frank been a crazed white man that shot up a gay bar, I could be talking about this for three or five or seven episodes. Uh, watching the news before the broadcast tonight, I couldn't help but notice a segment on defunding the police as we talk about Frank James shooting up a subway. Uh, well, for Black Lives Matter, that sure has backfired. It's backfired in a major way. Uh, the momentum for defunding police was started by BLM after the death of George Floyd at the hands of police. Forget the fact that George Floyd was high on fentanyl. He was resisting arrest at the, at the time he was, he was killed. Um, these things are trivial. I know he shouldn't have died, but these things are not trivial. Forget the fact that the death of a young black man at the hands of police pales in comparison to the number of black men killed in black-on-black -black crime, gang-related crime, shootouts on public streets. Since George Floyd died, murders of young black males have increased by 32%. In 2019, 7,500 black men were murdered. In 2020, the number was almost 10,000. That's about a 35% increase. I didn't do all the math, but you can figure it out for yourself. Um, uh, urban violence has reached epidemic proportions as if it wasn't bad enough. Black homicide, black on black homicide is now the leading cause of death among young black males. Where's BLM? Where's the protests? No broken windows, no dumpster fires. BLM doesn't care about young black men. The only time BLM cares about young black men is if they get killed by the police. Um, well, they got what they wanted. Be careful what you wish for. You just might get it. The toxic environment they fostered, they cultured, they nurtured for law enforcement across the land caused thousands of officers to resign, thousands of deputies to resign. Be careful what you wish for. Look. This nation better start supporting the boys in blue in a big way. They better start supporting them at the federal level. Presidential support. Congressional support. 
Um, the 535 members of Congress and the President of the United States should be shouting the praises of law enforcement from the rooftops. Uh, they should be passing laws with revolting penalties for violent crime and absolutely putrid penalties for violent crimes with, with weapons or, or, or illegal firearms involved. Um, uh, start passing some current through people who kill other people and you'll see murder rates decline. Keep the criminals in jail and just stop this nonsense. Stop listening to Ilan Omar. Stop listening to Alex, uh, Alicia Ocasio-Cortez. Stop listening to BLM broadcasts from their $7 million mansion paid for with charitable contributions. It's painfully evident now that they were all wrong, as most of us knew they were. The only people who didn't know they were are ostriches. Uh, just stop the insanity. Young black men are dying at a rate of seven times that of young white males, and it's not white cops that are killing them. Blacks make up 14% of the population, yet seven times they're being slaughtered um, uh, over and above white males in the same age group. Um, again, it's not cops doing it. It's black-on-black -black crime. Cops kill 10, uh, 15 17, uh, they're all tragedies, but that's what cops kill. The other 9,000, they get killed in black-on-black -black crime with weapons they don't legally own in shootouts in the food court at the mall. So, again, right before film tonight, I saw a commercial for The Color of Care by Oprah Winfrey. It's described as a multi-platform effort to catalyze a movement to eliminate racial disparities in the delivery of health care. Now, I got to tell you, as a health care worker for over 30 years, that's highly offensive. Um, it's downright inflammatory. Uh, the program, a film and a documentary produced in cooperation with the Smithsonian Channel, um, it will reach current and future medical professionals as well as impacted communities and policymakers at all government levels to advance solutions toward health equity. It sounds like just another indoctrination tool to bring racism to the forefront of everything. Um, the Color of Care education campaign will work to prepare current and future doctors, nurses, and medical professionals to play an active role in combating systemic racism in the delivery of health care, as well as provide others with the necessary tools to address this issue and advocate for and advocate for and empower patients who experience these inequities. Smithsonian Channel James uh James Blue said this, the COVID crisis has exposed gross inequalities in our healthcare system, which if left unaddressed will again disproportionately impact people of color during the next health emergency. This campaign will work to address these inequities. Classrooms will be able to download the curriculum and screening tour. Uh, a screening tour will engage medical and nursing schools, healthcare and medical journalists and professional healthcare networks and associations. I can't wait to watch the e-learning module on the software at my workplace. Uh, TikTok will also feature 
a live stream panel event for MTV News promoting the documentary and campaign next week. It's going to have Winfrey, Daniel Dawes from Morehouse School of Medicine, Shanita Seely Jefferson, she's a PhD from The Ohio State University, also a principal investigator or PI. We talked about those last week of the Social Epidemiology to Eliminate Disparities Lab, otherwise known as SEED. What in the hell is that? Um, And Brittany James, MD, co-founder of the Coalition to Advance Anti-Racism in Medicine. Again, as a healthcare provider for over 30 years, I find all of this highly offensive. Uh, I would say that healthcare is as even-handed and non-biased as it gets. Um, there's no racism. There's no bias. Everyone gets the best care, regardless of race, color, creed, nationality, criminal history. Treatment is not decided by skin color. It's not decided by race. Oprah Winfrey and the, the Smithsonian Channel should be ashamed of themselves. But hey, that's the new norm. The critical race theory norm. The system is stacked against black people in every way imaginable. Imaginable, excuse me. Not Hispanics, not Asians, not Indians, not Samoans, just black people, black Americans to be specific. Uh, It's a fucking shame because it just isn't true. Um, Oprah Winfrey and the speakers on that panel know this shit isn't true, but they'll spread it around like manure on the plains. Um, This critical race theory shit has got to stop. It's almost as if they want to ignore 50 years of progress in race relations. Um, It's been, I've been in healthcare for nearly 40 years. Five of that was in the military. I've worked all over the country from densely populated urban areas to rural Mississippi. And I have never witnessed racism in my workplace with an employee and certainly not with a patient ever. It's time we woke up on this front too, folks. It's time we told these folks pushing this garbage, this junk science, that we've had enough and we are no longer going to tolerate it. Uh, Stick it where the sun don't shine. Get out of my child's textbook. Get it out of my university. Get it out of the workplace. Let's all just get along like we used to uh, before all these hate mongers started all this shit. The country's made huge strides in race relations. And to say otherwise, well, you're just another ostrich with your head in the sand. Stop the madness with this stuff. It's gone far enough. Racism in healthcare, really? Come on. Read another article today, shortly before the broadcast. Um, It came from David Ruffel. It was on the newspageindex.com. 756,000 border crossers have been flown and bussed into American communities since Biden took office. That's a year and a month uh, by the time they uh, completed compiling data January 21st of last year through February 28th of this year. Uh, The article points out that it's more than the population of Boston within 11 months. Uh, Austin, Texas has a population of about 950,000 souls, just to put it in a little, uh, into a little local perspective. Um, uh, that number doesn't even include half a million folks that got through successfully without being apprehended. 
Uh, doesn't include the 123,000 unaccompanied children, unaccompanied, what do they call them? Unaccompanied alien children, UACs. It doesn't include those either. Under Trump, Americans enjoyed the lowest immigration rates, the lowest illegal immigration rates in 40 years. Under Biden, in just one year, we now suffer the worst in 60 years. Uh, Biden ended the Remain in Mexico policy. Come on in. We don't care if your papers are in order. Uh, We don't care if you've been vetted. Uh, We don't care if you have any papers at all. We don't care about your past. We don't care what your intentions are in America. Come on in. Here's a cell phone so we can call you to make sure you make your court date. Or you can call your friends, find out where they're at, organize whatever you want to. Biden now calls this a sanctuary country. Well, at the current rate of deportations in this sanctuary country, um, it's going to take us 14 years to deport the illegal immigrants and border crossers released by Biden's DHS this year alone. Um, or in the last year, Biden expects half a million border crossers each month. Andy Biggs, Republican from Arizona, expects 30,000 each day at the border. All totaled, the Biden administration has transported 1.4 million illegal immigrants into our neighborhoods. And he plans to end Title 42 uh, Border Control Authority. Uh, He wants to create uh, broad sale release mechanisms that turn the border into nothing more than a turnstile. Um, at a subway platform. Uh, br- breeze on in. Go wherever you'd like. We can provide you a bus ride, a flight. We'll give you whatever you want. Here's some forms for government assistance and a cell phone to call us on just in case you need us. At this rate of invasion, by the end of Biden's term, three million souls with no vetting at all will have been dispersed across America. That's a little more than Chicago the whole population of Chicago, a little less than the population of L.A., about as many people as are in the state of Arkansas or Utah. Why would you do this, especially with something like, oh, I don't know, a global pandemic going on? Um, Actual border encounters reported by Fox News today are 1.2 million encounters from October to March, 221,000 this month. Now, under Title 42, it's a public health provision. Uh, Last month, they deported 109,000 people. They escorted them back, bussed them to the border, did whatever they needed to do. They walked across the bridge back to Mexico. 109,000 people last month. You can assume that's been going on month after month, probably more when Trump was in office. Um, I'm sure they were more aggressive. Um, Now... That's a lot of people. 221,000 came in, 109,000 were deported. So that's half being stopped by Title 42. Um, If you look into it, as I said, it's centered around COVID. It used public health interests to deport some of those attempting to gain entry into the U.S. Uh, Biden wants to do away with it. 110,000 people every month. Welcome. Come on in. Double up. 11 Democratic senators are suggesting that they're going to vote against uh, suspending Title 42 until Biden comes up with a plan to deal with these increased numbers. Uh, Thank God 11 out of, what, 52, 56 senators, I don't know the exact number, uh, 
it's it that's a substantial amount among Democrats. Uh, thank God, some of them seem to be at least halfway sane. Um, Abbott from Texas. And Ducey from Arizona, <clears throat> they've gotten together with 24 governors to form the American Governor's Board of Strike Force. Habit just sent bus number seven to D.C. today. Um, actually, he said he's going to send bus number eight by midnight tonight. He was loading it up later this afternoon. Uh, mind you, Biden promised us all this was exactly what he was going to do. He campaigned on open borders. He's fulfilling a campaign promise. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, what we have here is an open border. As soon as he gets sort of Title IV, it's just a turnstile again at a subway station. Come on in. He's fulfilling his campaign promise. If you voted for him, he's giving you uh, what you voted for. An invasion force coming in from the South. Record fuel costs. Record inflation. He's told us all he was going to do these things. That was his platform. Now, I got to move on. Before I do, I need a drink. I'm sorry. <coughs> I thought I cured this last week, but apparently it's back. Uh, Ron DeSantis... He's got heads on fire. Um, Florida Department of Education, they announced Friday, 41% of proposed math textbooks for K through 12 uh, for the next school year just weren't going to cut it. Rejected them. Cut them from the program. No options for the publishers uh, because they included principles aligned with critical race theory and references concerning social emotional learning. Most of these books rejected by the Florida Department of Education were in the K-5 to range. Start them young, right? 71% of the books for kindergartners through fifth grade violated Florida standards, included prohibited topics, unsolicited strategies, according to a statement by the agency. <coughs> 54 out of 132 textbooks were rejected. Uh, as I said, the decision was final, no appeal. DeSantis said in a statement, it seems that some publishers attempted to slap a coat of paint on an old house built on the foundation of Common Core and indoctrinating concepts like race essentialism, especially, bizarrely, for elementary school students. I love the fact that DeSantis's new standards were in a program called BEST. Benchmark for Excellent Student Thinking, right in line with Melania Trump's Be Best. That was her slogan. Everybody made fun of it. Uh, the left did, anyway. Uh, you know he did it just to poke libs in the eye. The BEST program was designed to protect students from material that could be viewed as progressive indoctrination. Florida Commissioner of Education Richard Conkeren uh, said this, when it comes to education, other states continue to follow Florida's lead as we continue to reinforce parents' rights by focusing on providing their children with a world-class education 
without the fear of indoctrination or exposure to dangerous and divisive concepts in the classrooms. DeSantis calls critical race theory a poison uh, because that's what it is. Um, uh, it's horrendous. It has no business in the class. As I said earlier in the monologue, get it out of our classrooms, get it out of our workplace. It's, it's, it's horrendous. It's racism in reverse. Um, Musk, buying Twitter outright, all in the news. Uh, uh, heads are exploding. Um, uh, put out a bid. Buying the stock 52% above market value when he made the offer, uh, 54.20 a share. Hostile takeover to take the company private. He says that's the only way he can make the changes needed to achieve the growth the company needs to make it a profitable investment for him at $43 billion. Hmm. Board's got to be in just a bit of a quandary over this one. Um, uh, Musk's interest in the company is obviously what caused the stock to jump in price. So if they don't take the deal, uh, the market's almost certainly not going to respond favorably. Not to mention the fact the board has fiduciary responsibilities to the shareholders uh, to present to them offers such as this that are very lucrative and would be in their interests. Um, but <clears throat> they want to stop the deal. They're trying to block it with a whole, a whole bunch of things. We're going to talk about that. But if they take the deal, they all get fat. They also know Musk will obliterate the liberal, oppressive policies there. Um, the first thing he'll do is probably reinstate Trump's, um, uh, tr Trump's Twitter account. Um, heads there are going to explode uh, like a Martian invader listening to Hank Williams. Uh, ack, ack, ack. Uh, he's probably going to reinstate the Babylon B2. They got locked out after they posted a satirical headline about Rachel Levine uh, being their man of the year. Uh, Musk actually doesn't represent the largest shareholder anymore, to be factual. Uh, that title now goes to the Vanguard Asset Management Group. Um, Musk holds the largest amount of shares by any individual, but the Asset Management Group, they now own 10.3% of the company. Musk owns 91 uh, Isn't it fascinating, though, that when Jeff Bezos bought the Washington Post, uh, the Business Insider tweeted, and I quote, um... They marked it, it's marked as a fascinating cultural transition in America. Now, last week, and I looked it up, it's factual, the Business Insider tweeted upon learning upon Musk's hostile takeover of Twitter, Elon Musk's attempt to buy Twitter represents a chilling new threat. Billionaire trolls taking over social media. This is what you're up against. I'm so glad Twitter is trying to quash disinformation uh on friday the board announced a poison pill this is what i was talking about earlier um to must take over of course that allows other shareholders of course as if everybody knows this i didn't know it it ought to be illegal <clears throat> but <clears throat> it allows other shareholders to buy extra shares at a discount this will dilute the value of musk's shares it'll also dilute his uh, his his percentage of share in the company, if um, if they're offering more public stock, more common stock, uh, but I, I don't know. I didn't dig that deep. Um, um, 
the New York Times reported that Twitter will keep the poison pill in effect until April of next year. Uh, Musk, of course, says this breaches the fiduciary responsibility that the board has to the shareholders. Of course it does. Musk tweeted that the liability assumed by the board, should they choose to refuse the deal, <coughs> would be titanic in scale. He's right, too. The board has a responsibility to the shareholders to at least vote on the deal with the offer that Musk made. The board will instead launch a poison pill. They'll devalue the stock. They'll dilute the stock. So they'll crash the stock. They're opening themselves to endless lawsuits. The lawsuits would be valid too. Um, we just saw how big the information control machine was by the, was by the disparity in the tweets by the Business Insider. Now you're seeing a board of directors do anything they can rather than make a 50% profit over market value. I believe it's estimated around $12 billion. They'll tank stock. They'll devalue it. They'll dilute shares. Uh, I don't even understand how that's legal in a free market. They'll break it right off in the stockholders. Uh, all to maintain their control over just one of the cogs in the wheel of disinformation, the control of information and censorship that they own. Uh, um, Musk is an outsider. He won't play by their rules. They want him out. Um, he is to them as Trump was to liberals in the White House. They can't stand him. They want him gone. Um, well, what else is in the news? Of course, Lord Fauci, he's back. 25 months into COVID, and uh, it seems to be attempting a comeback. It's on the rise. I just saw a commercial from Pfizer tonight that said COVID is back. Almost announced it with excitement. Um, once again, the virus rears its ugly head. It's weaker. No hospitalizations. Um, very few anyway. Um, that's what viruses do. They get weaker and weaker and weaker. We've talked about this on previous episodes. Uh, the CDC says we got to wear a mask to travel until April 29th now. Now, I, I heard today that they've lifted it since then, but I'm not sure. So I'm not going to say that here. The last word I got was we're still wearing masks to travel. They're throwing two-year-olds off of planes for not wearing a mask. Look, open the doors. Open the windows. Take off your mask, for Christ's sake. If you want to, if you want to, COVID's over, give it up. Stop with the mandates. If you want to wear a mask, wear one. If you want to stay home, stay at home. <clears throat> the rest of us, the rest of us that refuse to live in fear, leave us alone. Stay home if you want to. Wear your mask if you want to. Leave everyone else alone. You wake up, you realize the government nor the medical research complex give a rat's ass about you and me, you'd realize we'd all been had. We've all been sold out, and we've been sold out decades ago. Decades by big pharma, big government, and now big tech. Um, stop with the masks. Stop with the testing. Stop with the insanity. Stop living in fear. Stop complying. 
uh, Anthony Fauci, his principal investigators, his big pharma funding, they've destroyed America's research and drug trial program. They've literally obliterated any of the trust that I've had in it, and, and, and it should obliterate any trust that you've had in it with the data that I've put out over the last several episodes. A program once dedicated to science has now been perverted into a subsidiary of Big Pharma. In the process of destruction, they've seeded themselves an unbelievable amount of wealth and an unbelievable amount of power over our health care and our daily lives. Uh, Pelosi's kissing the president. Kamala Harris is laughing all over him, and that doesn't count. Your two-year-old better shut up and mask up or get the hell off the plane. You ain't making that trip if you don't. Uh, Fauci says prudence dictates that we move to COVID DEFCON 3 once again, run out and get another booster. I'm not sure I agree with that, and you shouldn't be either. Um, uh, I watched a very interesting video. Several people have sent it to me, um, so I had to watch it. It was on a Stu Peters show. It was called Watch the Water. Uh, I got to tell you, it describes a very far-fetched solution, a, a very far-fetched theory, and I'm not sold on all of it. I'm going to put some of the information out there to you, but it's, it's I look it up, and I'm going to give you the give you the 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 where I'm looking like this is this is the um the Stu Peter show is where I saw the first one and the other one was the Patriot oh Street Fighter um that was the second one I watched today and I didn't get all the way through it but we're going to talk about it and we'll get on to some other stuff um anyway it does address room Desivir and how toxic it is that's what caught my attention with the thing in the first place um uh, it's it, what it discusses is very interesting. It's an interview with Dr. Brian Artis. Uh, I'm going to put some of the information out. You can take it for what it's worth. Uh, as I said, you want more detail, you can check out that interview. The other one on Patriot Street Fighter, it was on BitChute. Somebody sent it to me, sent both of them to me. Um, one thing Dr. Artis said struck me. He said, fact-checking is disinformation in and of itself. All fact-checking does is divert you from the truth that they're fact-checking and back to the narrative um, that they're pushing. It'll do it every time. He even goes on later in the one I saw today to talk about how, how did he know something was true because it had been fact-checked. And it had been fact-checked right back to the narrative they wanted you to to try to discount it. Um, so, Dr. Artis... He's not a fan of remdesivir either. It's poison. It's toxic. People were mass murdered by remdesivir, and it was blamed on COVID. We've talked about it in a couple episodes. The FDA in January of this year issued an emergency use authorization uh, for remdesivir as the only drug authorized to be used on everyone from newborns in the hospital over eight pounds and up. No more monoclonal antibodies. No more hydroxychloroquine, no more ivermectin. Not that they let you have any of that stuff in the first place anyway. Uh, well, the good doctor says if the CDC, the FDA, and the NIH tell you to do something, you need to do the opposite. That kind of got my attention too. Um, obviously, the good doctor understands that these agencies have been in the pocket of big pharma. They've been taken captive by big pharma 
big tech and big mainstream media backs them up. Um, uh, HEQ, ivermectin, and monoclonal antibodies treat COVID, and they treat it very well. Yet these remedies are not recommended by the FDA, the CDC, or the NIH. In some instances, they prohibit the use of these patent-expired remedies. We went into this a lot last week and talked about patent-expired remedies versus expensive things that don't work and hurt you. Um, Dr. Artis, here's where it gets a little tricky. He believes that COVID is not a virus. He believes it is cobra venom and Chinese crate snake venom. Um, as I said, that's where it's getting a little tricky. And that I don't, not sure. I'm not sure I'm sold on all of it. Um, now, before you discount the theory outright, I know it sounds outlandish, but the good doctor does bring up some good points. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him his 15 minutes of fame. So, or I'm going to give him three or four anyway. Um, uh, uh, let's remember the original source of COVID was bats. It was also uh, a, 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 a beast called a pangolin or something close to that. And it was also attributed to snakes, which I didn't know until now, but it is. I, it, you, can, you can look it up. Um, genetic sequencing actually revealed no relation to bats, but to snakes. Uh, some guys in France had done a study, and that's what it said. It was close to bats, um, but it was a lot closer to snakes. Guess which two? The Chinese crate snake and the king cobra. Uh, the spike po- protein of the virus was most identical to peptides found in the venom of both of these snakes. Um, now, that all being said, this guy named Bing Lu, apparently this is what motivated uh, Dr. Artis um, uh, to go the route that he went and, and pursue it so fervently and passionately. Uh, this guy named Bing Lu Uh, He was working on the gene sequencing and the cellular mechanism of the virus, uh, the COVID virus. Close friend of Dr. Artis. His work was about to be published. He was a 37-year-old researcher. He was very excited about what he'd found. Well, he got shot in his apartment in Pittsburgh one sunny Saturday afternoon in May of 2021. By a software engineer, supposed ex-partner of his, uh, in an apparent murder-suicide where Lou was shot eight times in the head, neck, and torso. Um, I searched for Lou on Google. I found multiple articles about his death, uh, all filled with rapid denials that his death uh, could not be. didn't have anything to do at all with his research on COVID. Uh, his work was never published, so I guess we'll never know. I don't know if it was related, and I'm not jumping to conclusions. This is what the good doctor said motivated him to go down this train, uh, along with a a uh, a text he'd gotten from another doctor about snake venom because he was uh, trashing monoclonal antibodies and come to find out that monoclonal antibodies were anti-venom for snake venom. And But it's you can, as I said, you can go... Uh, Look at all that stuff, and he goes into a lot of detail. I don't, I'm, I'm a little time-constrained here, so I don't have time to go into it. Um, so, King Cobras, Chinese crate snakes, vaccines, and remdesivir, Fauci's darling drug. 2011, a study on King Cobra venom was conducted by Genentech. The doctor didn't know who Genentech was. I did know who they were because I've been in cardiology, and Genentech manufactures TPA, or at least they used to. They still should, I think. Um, it's a heavy-duty clot dissolver. Uh, 
Um, what I did not know was that Gilead or Gilead had purchased a couple of buildings, a couple of uh, wings of Genentech that were conducting Cobra Venom research and breaking down genomes. Uh, they'd mapped 19 different genomes uh, of Cobra Venom. I know it gets kind of, you got to pay attention. Um, well, who's Gilead? We've talked about them in depth on a few episodes. They manufacture remdesivir. It's that rag of a drug that Tony Fauci's loves. It's Fauci's darling. Um, it's a toxic poison. They also man manufacture a rotavirus vaccine we talked about in the last episode as well. Fauci's had a love affair with Gilead for a long time. <coughs> Dr. Artis believes the COVID is not a virus, as I said before, he, uh, he believes it's a venom. He thinks it's put into our water supply and that we're all still being poisoned. Now, I'm not sold on everything the good doctor has to say, as I said. Uh, some of it a little out there. Uh, I'm not sure everything of what he says is true. I'm also not sure we're not being poisoned by this thing um, and that it was done on purpose and that they won't do it again. Uh, I am sure that the response to the poisoning was driven to provide massive wealth and power to Big Pharma, Big Tech, and Fauci's network, Big Fauci. Uh, artists asked the question that all of us have probably asked. Why do some people lose their sense of taste? The good doctor, he tells us Cobra Venom will do that too. I don't know how he knows it, but he said, you know, if you, you know, if you, anybody who sucks venom out of a snake bite will tell you they lost their taste. <laughs> I don't know that many people that did that, but. Apparently, the doctor did. He brought up another interesting point that smokers have not been among the group most hospitalized. Um, something to do with the nicotine receptors in the brain. They're the same ones that take up the venom. So the nicotine's all taking it up and the venom doesn't have anywhere to go and it doesn't repress their respiratory system and uh, things like that. So um, in our mRNA vaccine, specifically Moderna's, are derived from snake venom. Uh, in July of last year, Moderna announced it was using mRNA, mRNA uh, to fight snake bites because mRNA is anti-venom. Sorry, I had to go back and check that out. Um, anyway... Derek Rossi, ex-CEO of Moderna, apparently has left Moderna. He left him in 2014, and he's now starting some company uh, called Ophirix to create anti-venom. It's funded by the DOD, the Welcome Fund, and the United Nations. Now, snake bites result in about 100,000 deaths worldwide per year. Um, I, this guy's a big dog, this mover shaker in the public health domain. Uh, this associate professor of stem cell and regenerative biology uh, department at Harvard, this principal investigator at the Immune Disease Institute, a PI. He founded Moderna in 2010. He left in 2014. All that to study uh, antivenom, cure snake bites. Look, you're going to have to watch his interviews. You're going to have to decide for yourself. As I said, I agree with some of his premises. I'm not sure I'm buying all of them. Uh, uh, some of them are out there 
Some of them make sense. Some of his things about Rendesvieri quote studies. He has a lot of facts. I'd check him out. He's worth your time. Um, uh, the 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 um, I'm gonna leave him here for right now though. It's probably an hour and twenty minutes left of his other interview that I've got to watch today or or later on before the next episode, and I'll give you my thoughts on that and and wrap it up with Doctor Artis. Um, But I'll watch it. And as I said, I'll share my thoughts on his theory on the next episode. So let's do revisit Remdesivir, what the good doctor was so concerned about, as I am too. Uh, it's $3,000 per treatment. It has zero effect on COVID. It's a toxin to the body. The CDC, the NIAID, spent $79 million developing the drug. Bill and Melinda Gates have a $6.5 million investment. Its manufacturer, Gilead, is in bed with the DOD as you, Samrid, studied the drug in monkeys and contributed millions of dollars uh, to Remdesivir's development as well. Now, you, Samrid, is the military wing of investigating these infectious diseases uh, at Fort Detrick in Maryland. Remdesivir is Fauci's darling drug. Uh, and it's from Gilead, one of his favorite big pharma buddies. Uh, Fauci knew about the toxicity of remdesivir from a 2018 study Gilead sponsored to fight Ebola in Africa. Dr. Artis actually mentioned this study in his interviews because it went up against monoclonal antibodies that are no longer used to treat COVID. Um, COVID declared remdesivir the wonder drug that was going to treat it back in January, and nothing else was acceptable. Well, six months into the study, remdesivir was pulled, along with another Fauci hopeful drug. The monoclonal antibodies did pretty good. Um, Fauci's drugs didn't. Um, remdesivir, within 28 days of administration, demonstrated multi-organ failure, acute kidney failure, uh, septic shock, hypotension. 54% of the remdesivir group died. 44% uh, of Fauci's other wonder drug uh, in that group died. Fauci and his pals, they seem to have a knack for making drugs that are expensive. They not only don't work, but they got a good chance of killing you. Uh, the results of that study were published in medical journals in December of 2019. In late February of 2020, Fauci nonetheless enrolled hospitalized COVID patients in a trial to determine remdesivir's efficacy against the virus. He has to find something to use this toxin on, no matter how many souls it sends to the other side. Um, it's ridiculous. There were 14 cases of COVID at the time that he rolled this thing out to treat it. Um, those poor souls on the Diamond Princess cruise ship, they were like rab lab rats for Fauci. October of 2020, The Who published a study on remdesivir that demonstrated no benefit against COVID and, in fact, recommended against its use. That was one month after the FDA issued the EUA for remdesivir for children under 12. Fauci has a knack for getting approval for things right before bad news hits the airwaves. It's amazing. It's almost as if he knows it's coming and he rushes these things to market. Hmm. He's been doing it, as I said in the last episode, since the 80s during the AIDS epidemic, and he, he, he's a criminal. He belongs in jail. 
Dr. Pierre Corey said that every independent, randomized controlled trial of remdesivir has shown a lack of benefit or a clear trend to harm. Dr. Ryan Cole, along with other physicians, blame America's record fatalities due to widespread use of remdesivir in 2020. The thought process is that COVID was used as a scapegoat for these deaths when actually the cure was worse than the disease. We had almost double the number of deaths each month compared to other countries. Kidney failure, a symptom rarely associated with respiratory viruses, was seen in COVID patients on day three or four after admission. Funny, in the animal trials of remdesivir, 25% died from kidney failure. In 2019 Ebola studies, three days after administration, 31% of the patients treated with remdesivir suffered from kidney failure. 8% of them died. Um, Another coincidence, 8% of hospitalized COVID patients treated with remdesivir died within the first week. Remdesivir is a toxin. It's a toxin that provides absolutely no benefit. And Fauci's pushed this rag on all of us. Uh, He knows how poisonous the drug is. Honey Badger Fauci just don't give a shit. Um, That's going to do it for this episode. Had to get a little dig in at Fauci. It's probably going to wrap it up for that. We got other things to move on to, but that is going to do it for this episode. It's kind of a quick episode. Uh, Got the John Mayer concert coming up on Thursday. So me, uh, my wife, Jack, and Cam are going to see John Mayer on Thursday. Can't wait. We got good seats. It's going to be a good time. Uh, had Easter last weekend and kind of kind of screwed her in and didn't do a whole lot. So my apologies, guys, but we'll be back next week uh, with a boom. Um, uh, I hope you enjoyed the podcast as much as I enjoyed putting them together, getting them out into your cars, into your kitchens, out on your morning jog, or out with your evening stogie, or your midnight ride, or your 5 o'clock old-fashioned. Be sure to follow the channel on Rumble. And follow the page on Facebook as well. Check us out on Spotify for the audio content. And follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the Storm Lingle. Drop us a comment or three. More importantly, share the storm with your friends and steer them into the storm. Until I see you next time, please continue to keep the people in Ukraine uh, in your prayers. They're going through a very hard time. God only knows why I hadn't figured it out. I don't think anybody has yet. Stay vigilant, folks. I'll see you next time in the storm.